Halloween. Does that sound weird hearing that in a church? Because it shouldn't. It's our word. Show of hands, who here knows what the word Halloween means? A few. Halloween means All Hallows Eve. If you're wondering what Hallows means, think of the Our Father. Hallowed be your name. Holy. Halloween means All Saints Eve. It's our word that we use for the great feast of All Saints Day. It's just the Scottish pronunciation, so that's where all the vowels are left behind because of the Scottish accent. But Halloween sets the stage for two major feasts in our Catholic life that we almost never celebrate anymore because we're not obligated to go to Mass outside of Sunday at any time except for Christmas and New Year's. But the Feasts of All Saints and the Feast of All Souls on November 2nd are extremely important feasts in our Catholic life because they set the tone for the whole month of November, which is the last month of our liturgical year. It's the month where we remember the dead in a special way and the end of all things. With All Saints Day, what we're commemorating is all saints, not just those that are officially recognized or canonized by the church, but every man and woman who has ever existed who is a saint in heaven, especially those that are unknown to the world and only known to God. We celebrate them because they are our hope. In the saints, we see that the promises of Scripture are real, that it's something that we can legitimately hope in and hope for. With All Souls Day, what we are doing is we are praying for all the souls that are redeemed by God, but are undergoing their final purification to stand in God's presence, the souls of purgatory. And we pray for them so that they might willingly undergo this purification, this preparation for eternal life with God. They are our reality. Life on earth is very much like purgatory but we still have choice here. The ones in purgatory, they are redeemed. They're on their way to God. There's no doubt of their salvation. We still have the choice to choose God or choose otherwise. And these two feasts are really important because they remind us of what we're living for as Christians in our life. Because as a priest, I hear some nice things when it comes to, to death and funerals. But whether they realize it or not, when they say these things, they are so far from the truth of God. Things like when people say, I bet your dad is playing golf in heaven. Or, I bet your mom has given St. Peter an earful at the pearly gates. Or, this so-and-so died because God must have needed one more angel in heaven. Or, on the flip side, well, we waited to bury mom's ashes because we wanted to wait until dad died so that they could be together in death. These are nice sentiments, but they actually pull us further away from the truth of what heaven and life with God is all about. Jesus in the gospel today points us in the direction of what we're living for. 
he tells the scribe, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. When? When he recognizes that the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. See, it was, it was a regular thing when someone who was starting to become a rabbi, a teacher, that someone who wanted to be a disciple would test the rabbi by asking them, which is the greatest commandment? To see which out of all the many commandments that they had, which one would he pull out as the most important? Recognize when Jesus gives this commandment, it's not one of the Ten Commandments. It's not the first commandment in the Ten Commandments. We hear where it comes from in our first reading. It comes from Moses telling the people what is most important for them to hold on to as they're about to enter the Promised Land. This is what he says, if you forget everything else, remember this as you go into the land that God has promised you. See, as Christians, we believe that God is love. He is love. And so in order to live with God, we have to live in love with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Heaven is about living in that love. And so the sentiment of, oh, dad's probably playing golf in heaven, that's just getting what he wants. And when does getting everything that we want have anything to do with love? Or when mom is given St. Peter an earful at the pearly gates, well, we laugh at it because it was mom's weakness and it was just part of who she was. But it's an impediment to love. Mom's nagginess or mom's constant nattering it's not a good thing. We love her anyway. God loves her anyway. But it's incompatible with living in God, who is perfect love. This is why we have this understanding of purgatory, of being purged, cleansed of any one of those things that we hold on to that do not fit in love. Think of it this way going on a holiday, and this is more true for those who are currently working, but it's also true for those who are retired. When you're going on a holiday, if you're just looking to the holiday as an escape, just try to get away from the responsibilities of your life and the burdens that come with regular daily life, or if your life is so busy and full all the time, and you're just waiting for the holiday to finally be able to rest, what ends up happening? Well, if it's an escape from your burdens, the holiday usually becomes about self-indulgence, that you take in probably a little bit in excess everything that you want that makes you feel better. Or if your life is a bit of a rat race and you're just waiting for the holiday to finally be able to rest, what happens? You get there, you can't rest because you don't know how. You get to where all the responsibilities are gone and you try to rest and you get anxious at the thought of it. See, in order to really be able to appreciate a holiday, you have to have times of leisure in your daily life, in your weekly life. Right? 
You have to have small amounts of real rest so that when you have the gift of a holiday, of extended rest, you can actually appreciate what it is. And so in order for that to happen, you have to say no to some good things in your life to make space for leisure, for rest, in your daily life, in your weekly life. This is part of the reason for our Sabbath, for Sunday. It's the prescription by the church recognizing we need one day of rest in our week. We need one day of leisure. Because in a real way, Sunday is our preparation for heaven. Right? What do we say at the graveside as we lay somebody to rest? Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. So when we think about living with God, living in love, we have to begin now in small ways to share in, to participate in, to live from that love of God now. Because if we believe that once we die because we are Christian or because God is perfect love that pretty much everybody goes to heaven, if heaven is just the escape from the suffering and evil of this world, or if we think that when we get to God, we're just going to be able to live in that perfect love and be perfectly content? It doesn't work that way. Even if God absolutely wants every soul to be with him, if we are not living in what God is offering, we won't want to be there. And that might sound crazy to hear, but just think of the last time that somebody tried in love to do a real act of service for you? What was your response? Too many of us go, oh no, that's okay, I've got it. That's an inability to accept love. And that's just a small act of imperfect love. If God who is perfect love is giving you that gift, what if we still hold on to that false understanding of humility and we can't receive the gift of love that God is offering us. This is why we pray for the dead. And frankly, it's a little bit sad that as a priest at a funeral, I can almost never talk in my homily at a funeral mass about praying for the deceased. Praying that they be freed from sin. Because nobody wants to hear about that at death. All they want is dad's playing golf. Mom's getting what she wants. Or we, we become angels. We're freed from the imperfection of humanity. No. The angels are jealous of us. Because they do not get to live in love with God like we do. The gift of eternal life that Jesus has won for us is unlike what the angels experience in heaven. It's greater better. All Saints Day, we remember all the saints because they embody, they incarnate the gospel. They incarnate this love of God for us. They make it real and tangible for us. And so they're our hope. And we hold on to that and we celebrate how God permits that to happen in this life. 
And then on All Souls Day, we earnestly pray for all those that we love who have gone before us and all souls who have no one to pray for them so that they can willingly let go of everything that is imperfect and not capable of living in the perfect love of God. Because Jesus tells us himself, heaven is loving God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And how hard is that? For us, it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. So, to do that, or to remember that, tomorrow is All Saints Day. Normally, we don't have Mass at the parish on Monday because that's when I try to find my rest. But this is an important feast, so we're going to have Mass at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. You're all invited to come and celebrate all saints, our hope as Christians. And then on Tuesday, on All Souls Day, what we're going to do is we have our normal Mass at 9 a.m. in the morning. But at 5.30, for anybody who wants to join, we're going to gather in the cemetery here in Camrose. And we're going to pray what we call the Office for the Dead. It will take 15 minutes, so even if it's cold, we'll still be able to manage. And pray for the souls of those that are in that cemetery and pray for all the souls of our loved ones. Together, as a community, marking that day. And then if you didn't notice as you walked into the church, what we have for the whole month of November is we have our Book of Remembrance. And so I invite you sometime during this month, when you get a chance, to write the names of your loved ones in that book. And what happens is at every Mass that is celebrated here in the parish over the course of November, all the names that are written in there are remembered in the Mass during this month. And in that way, we are reminded ourselves of what we live for as Christians. What our goal is, is to live in love, to live in God. And the beauty and the joy that that is, that's our hope.